The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. That's Wasn't that fun listening to that? Even if you didn't get a chance to watch it, you could hear the excitement, the enthusiasm, the relief as, as Percy, as we some of us like to call it, arrived on Mars uh, nice and safely and was ready to do all its job. And I know, Jalen, you you love this story. You've been anticipating the arrival of this thing. You were you were jacked over over the uh, the landing yesterday, and you're still wired up about it. I I am still wired up about it. I just think uh, space and space exploration and what is happening right now is just uh it's off the charts and i can't wait to see what happens in the in the years to come you know as as the perseverance touched down about 24 hours ago on mars it has already sent back some pretty cool photos and uh, there were a lot of people really holding their breath as as it hurtled through uh the red planet's atmosphere and one of them was edmonton's own chris hurd dr hurd is a planetary geologist at the university University of Alberta and one of a select team of scientists working on the Perseverance project. Uh, Chris, welcome back to the show. Hi. Uh, Dr. Hurd, tell me. Yeah, I'm I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. <laughs> okay, talk, tell me. Speaking of wired, yeah. <laughs> I was going to wired to say the least. Tell me, where were you? How did you watch it? What was it like? You know, those those minutes, those seven minutes that they talk about, those seven minutes of terror waiting to find out. Explain what was going through your through your mind. Oh, well, it was phenomenal. I was watching from home, watching the NASA TV feed, and uh, uh, yeah, those those seven minutes of terror were really terrifying. Uh, it was intense. Like, like I mean, for anybody watching, it was intense just to sort of watch as they were getting the signal back at different stages, you know, and then just to think what the rover was going through, at that, the spacecraft was going through at that time, going from zipping through space to to the top of the atmosphere, through the atmosphere, slowing down different stages, and then finally gently landing on the surface of Mars. I mean, I, I yeah, the adrenaline was definitely pumping, and in part because, you know, because I'm actively involved in it too. I'm thinking, you know, what if something goes wrong? You know, it changes the course of my whole career in the next little while if, if things don't Absolutely. go the way they're supposed to. So, yeah. Absolutely, and they and and talk about nailing a landing, right? You know, they, they the, the landing was nailed at uh, at the Jezero Crater, which is exactly where uh, it was planned. Tell us again uh, about that crater and why that was the area that you guys really wanted to make sure that um, that the landing happened at. It's such an interesting spot. It's this this forty five diameter crater, forty five kilometer diameter crater that uh that was filled with water we think uh about three and a half to four billion years ago with a river flowing into it it, it formed this this nice delta 
uh, within the within the crater lake at that time and and we have already we can already kind of see the delta off in the distance in some of the new images and uh, so we're right there in in this crater um, and of course that's that environment I just described is one where you know we think if life existed um, then maybe the record of it is somewhere in the rocks there so tell us, you know, you've seen a couple of those photos that have been sent back. I'm sure you've seen all of them and watching them very closely. What do you, what goes through your mind when you're, when you're seeing them? There's one that came out today and it's um, um, you know, all of these rocks that are kind of right beside the rover's wheel. And um, there, it looks like there's holes in these rocks. And I think there's questions about whether or not they're volcanic or not. When you look at that, what do you, what do you see? <laughs> you know, it's exactly it. I mean, we don't we don't really know, and uh, I mean, you sort of, as a geologist, sort of rack your brain to think, okay, what are all the different things, the geologic processes that can make holes like that? And there's a lot of discussion going on in the science team about that, back and forth, and and really, it's it's awesome, um, and it's it's that's this is a time for speculation, you know, kind of behind closed doors because you know. We want all ideas to be on the table, how crazy, however crazy they are. Um, but, you know, it's also frustrating because, you know, the thing is that we've only seen these in, those are the engineering cameras. I mean, that's how good they are. They're full-color, wow. high-resolution images. But those are just like the, what they call the hazard cameras. We haven't even stood the mast up yet and used the the mass cam, like the full resolution, you know, with all the spectroscopy and everything you can do with the camera on the mast. So, I mean, there's lots more to come. And plus, so basically I'm saying that we need more information about the chemistry of these things and other other data so that we can really decide and make an educated uh, inference as to what, what the origin of these particular rocks is. <laughs> Dr. Chris Hurd joining me this afternoon. He is a planetary geologist at the University of Alberta and one of a select team of scientists working on the Perseverance Project. Uh, for those who, um, you know, haven't heard earlier interviews um, that the, the two of us have done or elsewhere over the past 24 hours, can you explain to us what your job is from Earth in directing the rover over the course of the next uh, whatever amount of time how does that work what will you be doing exactly yeah um, we have a, a team of scientists over 400 scientists on this mission with different different roles and different expertise um, what I bring and, and uh, about uh, 14 other colleagues from around the world is, is we have experts we're experts in what you do, how you analyze and curate samples from space when they're back in the lab. So that's kind of our perspective, and that's the contribution we'll make to this mission because the mission is, is, is as we'll see, very, very capable for not only producing images, but like I said, you know, getting the, you know, what the rocks are made of and being able to explore and and, and do this kind of geologic mapping of this Jezero crater. But along the way, we're going to collect samples that will hopefully eventually come back to the Earth. And that's kind of our role. That's our role is to sort of help the whole team decide, okay, this is where we want to collect the sample and then also get all the documentation to go along with that sample so that when it does come back to Earth eventually, we have that field context for it. And so the, those samples are going to be left there and another um, expedition will pick them up. Maybe, just maybe, wouldn't it be cool if uh, advances were made that you could actually go pick them up yourself, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
that would be something. Um, I think uh, I think it'd be a little too too far in the future, though, even for my own liking. <laughs> but yeah, the current plan is that at some point in the mission, uh, we'll have enough samples to put them down in a cache on the surface. So each sample is like a core, like a like a, uh, a fat marker kind of thing in size. I'd like to think of like those highlighter markers and yeah, then yeah. it's sealed in, sealed in a tube and then left on the surface. And then, yeah, a follow-on mission in, in a 2026 or 2028 would come in and a, with a rover and pick them up, put them in a capsule and blast them off of Mars into orbit where another spacecraft would, would uh, catch the canister and bring it back in 2031 at the earliest. 2031 yeah. in the earliest. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this seems like the most uh, long drawn out excitement that um, um, I, I don't know how you're handling it. I mean, I guess it's cool because you get to, to be a part of it over the coming uh, the coming weeks, years, whatever it is. But boy, it's a long ways off before you might get them, might get them back in your hands or in your hands for that first time. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it's the you know the excitement is being part of the mission. It's being yeah. it's 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 sort of living vicariously through the rover as a field geologist, you know, and yes. getting all that context. And we'll get. I mean, the rover because it's so capable. On the end of the arm is the thing that does the coring, but it also has a couple of instruments that allow us to see up close, see the texture, figure out what the minerals are, even look for organic matter if it's there, that kind of thing. So it will have all this information that we can be, you know, writing our papers about, you know, the geology of Mars anyway. But then the added thing is the is the sample that will hopefully come back to answer those other questions that we can't answer yeah. with the with the rover. Yeah. We know the the full work. I mean, you're not going to be telling uh, the the uh, the rover when to start. You know, picking up these samples for uh, for uh, for a little while yet, because there's a helicopter on this thing as well that has to get up and get doing its stuff. There's a whole bunch of, you know, tests that have to be done first. That's right. I mean, just think of it as a as a huge complex machine with lots of different instruments, different moving parts, literally that have to be checked out after the landing, and that's. Even the software has to be updated um, mm. so that it can rove around on the surface, makes that transition to doing that, acting as a rover instead of going through space. And so there's that. And then, uh, yeah, and then the helicopter could take as much as, as 40 days or even a bit longer, depending, yeah. to do all the testing. And in that time, the rover has to stay still because we're kind of acting as a relay or as a base station for this helicopter uh, technology demonstration. But in the it's not like we're doing anything in the science team. We'll be looking at other uh, images, but we'll also be making our plans too. Because yeah. even before the landing, we had, you know, we kind of planned out the route that we want the rover to take and even an idea of what samples we want to collect just based on what we can see from orbit. And so now that we have a location, we can kind of start to put all those plans together. Well, Dr. Hurd, before I let you go, I just have to say it must have been, uh, I would have paid to have been a fly on the wall of uh, the Zoom meetings that happened last night between you and your colleagues. And, and today, as you started to see uh, some of these photos coming back, I think it just would have been uh, something else, just even to hear the excitement in your voice and the speculation and the ideas that are running through your minds about uh, those those first images. Uh, what a what a ride you're on, and we're, um, we're going to enjoy watching it over over the over the coming years absolutely definitely it's going to be a wild ride i'll tell i guarantee that yeah <laughs> all right well you know what we look forward to talking to you again thank you for always making time for us oh you're welcome
sticker. You betcha. That's uh, Dr. Chris Hurd, who is uh, a planetary geologist. Actually, his um, his specialty, Daryl, is an, in mm-hmm. meteorites. He does a lot of work with meteorites, and that's a whole other conversation that we've had before, especially about meteorites and 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 the ones that have landed here in Alberta. But I don't know. How cool would it be to be working on that project? And long term, it's not like you you're <laughs> going to run out of things to do over the next couple of years because they'll be running right through. Uh, to 2031 at the very least uh, once those samples finally come back that's it's very exciting it's very interesting it's fascinating and yeah he says it's going to be a wild ride it's kind of cool that we get to go on that ride with him so uh, uh vicariously but a ride nonetheless yeah without a doubt